of us came to worship the Lord this morning. Is He really your God? He's altogether mighty. He's altogether worthy, Jesus. Altogether wonderful to me. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's give the Lord a hand clap today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, Lord. You know, sometimes we hear a song a lot, and we just, we know the song. But today, when she was singing that this morning, the words just came to life to me. That we'll never know how much it costs to see our sin on that cross. I don't know about you, but he overpaid. He overpaid for a broken man like me he overpaid with his precious blood to pay for a broken man like me and the devil tries to convince us that that blood ain't good enough that that blood doesn't cover it that we're not fully saved yet we're not we're not okay yet but our God overpaid he overpaid for you today Hallelujah. He overpaid so you could stand in his presence, so you could feel his power. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm so glad to be in this room tonight. How many of you are believers in this room? We got a room full of believers, right? How many online are believers today? We are believers. And the Bible says that believers are the children of God. So I'm excited to be in the house with my brothers and sisters and the children of God. Let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. If everybody will just close your head, eyes, bow your heads, reach your hand out towards me this morning. Dear Lord Jesus, anoint my mind and mouth today, God, that I will just be a vessel, Lord, that you can use, Lord, that you'll touch every heart in this building today, God, that they will be ready for the word that you've given me to give them today, Lord. We worship you. We want you to get all the glory in this room tonight, God, and unleash your spirit in a powerful way in this house today. We worship, we love you, and we praise you, and everybody say, in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Yes. We believe he hears our prayers, right? Yes. Hallelujah, Jesus. Well, I'm excited to be here today. You guys can be seated. I won't be long. It's 11.07. I'm going to pay attention to my clock today. <laughs> We've got a lot going on this week. I am so excited about it. But before we get to all that, I want to talk a little bit today about the kingdom beyond believing. Sometimes I watch God do things in my life that I can't believe. Has anybody ever been there? You ever see God open a door that you couldn't believe and he opened it for you? You've seen him do miracles and things in your life that you can't believe? Lord, I can't believe that I'm going to get this job. I can't believe that you gave me this car. I can't believe that you gave me my wife. I can't believe all of the things that you've done in this kingdom and we truly are a part of a kingdom that is beyond 
believing. I'm going to go to the word of the Lord today in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. This is one of my favorite scriptures. I think I say that every time I preach though. I think like the whole Bible is actually my favorite. But there are certain scriptures that stand out to me that if you're around me enough, you're going to hear me quote them a, a time or two. And this happens to be one of those because it gives me hope. It gives me faith. It encourages me when I'm down. And it says in verse 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord some praise. Without faith, you can't please him. But before you can come to God, you have to believe that God exists. Now that, that's pretty important. Faith is pretty important. I love preaching about faith. I love talking about faith. I love getting people to believe. If I can help somebody who doesn't believe in God come to believe in God, then I'm going to do everything I can in my power to get there. I got an old buddy I used to work with sitting right there, and he'll testify that I talked about God and believing in God a lot at work. If I had people at work who didn't believe in God, it was like I, I wanted to step up and show them that they can believe in God. And this scripture is one of those biggest reasons because I, not only is it important to believe in God, because that's, that's everything, but also he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So I want to see people get rewarded for seeking after him. Pastor preached a couple weeks ago and he preached a sermon about my father's house. Does anybody remember that? I, re I it was it was a powerful sermon. And he preached all about and he told the story of this little orphan boy in the town. And the little boy in the town, he watched this development property on the outside of town being built. And every day the little boy would stop by and see it coming along and coming along. And then finally it was built one day. And the owner of the house was, was there. And the boy started talking to him and asking him about this mansion and this beautiful big place. And the guy told him that the house was actually built for the orphans in the town. And that he was going to get a chance to come live in this mansion. Now, that story was like, I was thinking about it all the whole time. I'm like, I'm picturing the boy, I'm picturing the mansion, I'm picturing all this in my head. And it was a beautiful story, which by the way, pastor's actually doing that right now. Has anybody seen the videos online? Oh my God, is that wonderful. That's so amazing. He is, he is over there right now in a home that they built for these kids who were poor and homeless. And now they're being, they're being schooled. They're being fed. They got a place to sleep. It's safe. And above all, they're learning about Jesus Christ. They're being taught about Jesus Christ by some amazing godly people. And in that story, I realized that this, this boy gets welcomed into this home. But I wanted to elaborate on that story for a second because 
as this, we hear this story and it's incredible. But what if for a minute the boy walked through the gates of this property, but then he, he never fully went further? And after a while, the owner of the home looks and goes, why are you, why are you staying here at this gate? There's more that I want you to experience in the kingdom. Our way into the kingdom is through faith. Faith is our entrance into this kingdom. But I want to make sure that we don't just stop at the gate. But like that little boy, we get ushered into the kingdom of God. Because just like in the scripture it says, without faith it's impossible to please him. For he, com- for he that cometh to him must believe that he is. But that's not the end. It doesn't stop right there with faith. It also says that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. So just like this boy, he may have access to this mansion and to this beautiful kingdom. But if he just stops at the gate, he really doesn't get to experience the beauty of this kingdom. There are some rewards that God wants to give people. There are some rewards that he wants to hand out to us if we're willing to go beyond believing. This is a kingdom beyond believing. And yes, it's important. Like I said, I want everybody to believe. But I also want you to get some rewards in your life. Is there anybody who's been rewarded for having faith in Jesus? Is there anybody that's seen some of the fruit that came out of that faith that they had for God? It's not that God just wants you to believe in him and he doesn't want to give you anything and he doesn't want to support that. But he wants to bless your life. He wants to get you past that gate and then show you all of the beauty inside of his kingdom. But we have to be willing to go beyond believing. I seen a, an argument online the other day from some people debating on between an atheist and a Christian about whether or not they should believe in God. And I sat back and I read it and, you know, the atheist was saying a bunch of silly stuff. And to be honest, the Christian was saying a bunch of silly stuff. And they were both kind of bickering back and forth online. And I I sat back and I thought to myself, I don't just believe in God anymore. There was a point in my life where I believed in God and I thought about God and, you know, but I've come to a point where I've seen too much happen in my life to where it's not just believing anymore. It's almost like when you start dating your wife. At first I believe she's the woman of my life. I believe that she's, she's going to be there for me when I need her. I believe that. But now I've been married 16 years. I don't believe anymore. Like now I know who she is. I know who I've got. And that's the relationship that God wants to develop with everybody in this house today. He doesn't want you to go on blind faith. We're past that point. He wants a relationship with you. His Bible says, my sheep will hear my voice and will know me. Not they'll wonder, not they'll just hope, believe that I'm here. They'll know who I am. 
That's the relationship that God wants with everybody in this room. And don't worry, he's going to give you some rewards as you try to get there. He's going to bless your life as you seek after him. In James 2 verse 19, it says, So you say you have faith, for you believe that there's one God. That's pretty important, right? It's pretty important that we know who God is. And we know his character. And we know his identity. But even, it says here, even the, the demons believe this. And they are tremble in terror. Even the demons believe that there's one God. They believe this. But they don't get to have a relationship with God like we do. They don't get to cry out his name and watch him heal their problems and watch him fix their brokenness and watch them lead them out. They don't get to have the relationship that God's called you to have with him today. But it's going to require us going beyond simply believing, but being in this relationship with God. He goes on in James here to talk about without faith, your good deeds are, are dead. That we need to have works go with our faith to, to be where God wants us to be. And he tells a story about Abraham and Abraham's son, Malachi Locke, preached this Wednesday in our youth group. Any of my youth here that would like to agree that that was incredible? He tore it up in the back. How many of us are thankful that there are men of God willing to stand up and do what God's called them to do today? This is not time for us to sit back and relax. This is time for us to stand up and take God's throne and move his kingdom forward in this world. We have a world that's hurting. We have a world that needs Jesus. And it's our responsibility to bring it to them. But Malachi was preaching. He did a great job. He tore it up. And he was preaching all about faith and believing in God and being willing to go forward in this faith. So we're both in the same spirit here. I had already had this prepared and I'm like, confirmation. But in this process of him talking about this faith, God was speaking to me as I was sitting in the crowd. And I got up afterwards and I told the youth group, I said, in today's day and age, with all this technology and all of this wisdom and everything that we can search and we can look up and we can find right now, this world still has nothing to offer you that's close to Jesus Christ. Nothing. It's either him or nothing. There's no, there's no superhero out there waiting to, to fix all your problems. There's, there's no program that's going to fix your brokenness. There's nothing else in this world that they have to offer you other than Jesus Christ. It reminded me of the story with Peter when, G, when he was teaching and he, and he taught something that was a little bit hard for people to understand. And, and people started leaving. And the disciples were standing there. Jesus turns to them and he says, are you going to leave too? And Peter looks back and he says, to whom would we go? You're the source of our life. There's nothing else that's been invented. There's nothing else that exists that can fix your problems like Jesus can. He's the only thing this world has. 
And I don't just believe it, I've gone beyond believing it. Now I'm walking in faith. Now I'm telling people because I know it's true. Now I'm showing people because he is real. I don't just believe it, we know it. And I love believers. Don't get me wrong, I want people to believe. That's important. That's where we find salvation. That's where we find God. Believing in Him. It's not to be taken lightly. But we also don't want to stop there. We want to go forward in the kingdom. I want to explore His kingdom. The Bible says that my Father's house has many rooms. There's room for everybody. There's a lot of blessings inside this kingdom. As long as we're willing to step beyond just believing. In Acts chapter 19, another one of my favorite scriptures. <laughs> this scripture here, we see Paul confront, or not confront, we see Paul come in contact with some believers, and we get to see a little exchange between them. Starting in verse 1, it says, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior region until he reached emphasis on the coast, where he found several believers. That's what the Bible calls them here. Believers. They believed. They weren't bad people. They weren't evil. They weren't Satanists. They were believers. They knew who God was. They, they were trying their best to live a good life. They were believers. But Paul asked, did you receive the Holy Spirit since you believed? He says, I, I know you guys believe. I know you're, you look great. You have, you have a great spirit about you. You can tell you had an, an encounter with God. Paul's not being mean. He's not rubbing it in their face. Oh, well, so you believe? Well, <laughs> what kind of believe are you? Do you believe like we do? Are you, are you a secondary believer? Are you a low-class believer? That's not what Paul's doing here. Paul takes them as a believer. They're a believer. They're a child of God. They're my brother and sister. But he also says, hey, have you received any rewards since you believe? Have you gotten any of the benefits from believing? Have you received the Holy Spirit? I got any witnesses in this house that the Holy Spirit's the greatest reward you've ever got in your life? The Holy Spirit, the thing that guides us, the thing that tells us everything Jesus taught us. Yes, that's where our power comes from. That's why we can lay hands on the sick. That's why we can prophesy all because of the Holy Spirit. This is a powerful reward that we have when we're willing to go beyond just believing. There's a whole kingdom in here of rewards just beyond believing. And when he asked them this, they replied, no. For we haven't even heard that there is this Holy Spirit. They say, yeah, we believe. We've heard about God. We've heard about, you know, we know he exists. It's kind of hard not to know he exists. You can look around at some of the wonderful things that happen in this life, and it's so hard not to see the thumbprint of an almighty God all over earth that has designed with intelligence hallelujah so they go yeah we believe 
But are you aware of the rewards that come from believing? Have you received the Holy Spirit? So then he goes on to ask them, then what baptism did you experience, he asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. Well, the baptism of John's pretty good, right? That's, that's what Jesus was baptized with. So if, if my Lord and Savior was baptized that way, then it's got to be pretty good, right? But there's more to the kingdom. Paul wanted to show them that there was more to this kingdom. So he tells them, John's baptism was a call for repentance from sin. Again, this is pretty important, right? It's important that we repent from our sins. It's not okay to just continue in sin and hope that grace abounds. But it's important that we understand this concept of repentance. And I've, I've taught a lot of Bible studies on repentance. I don't believe repentance is a one-time thing. I don't believe repentance is just saying I'm sorry for something. But I believe repentance is an ongoing process. I believe baptism is an ongoing process. I know you get baptized one time, and we got that. Nan did such a great job. We got the baptismal tank back up and running again, right? Anybody else ready to see some people get baptized into a new name? Hallelujah, Jesus. I was sad when that thing was down for a couple weeks. We had people lined up. I, but I did get to baptize somebody in a hot tub. I got to baptize my niece in a hot tub. And it didn't matter what the water was. It mattered the name that she went down in. Hallelujah. But we got our baptismal tank back, and I'm ready to baptize some people in Jesus' name. I hope there's some people here today that's ready to go a little bit beyond believing. I hope there's some people who are ready to get baptized, not only in the water, but also in the Spirit. I hope there's some people who are willing to start walking in the works of the Spirit. I needed some people who are willing to go lay hands on the sick, who are willing to prophesy into people's lives, who are willing to do what God's empowered us to do when we go beyond believing. But baptism isn't just a one-time thing either. It's a one-time display for the church to see that you've made a decision to follow Christ. But baptism is something that should happen every single day in your walk with God. Every day I should find myself dead to the old life and alive in Christ. And every day I should see my flesh buried and alive in Christ, walking in the Spirit. That's just an example, but it's the acts that we do the rest of our life that show baptism's real. I'm no longer that old creature, but I've been made new. My middle name now is Jesus. I'm a part of the kingdom. I've been buried with them. I'm going to rise again with them. His blood covered it all. And any time I mess up, I just got to say I'm sorry, Jesus, because I'm living a life of repentance. I'm living a life of baptism. But he goes on here and he says, but John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. And as soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. That's why we baptize in Jesus' name. I know we've heard in Matthew it says baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But that was Jesus talking. Every time we see an example of somebody actually getting baptized, it's under the name of Jesus. 
Because there's only one name that can save you. There's only one name that every knee bows to, that every tongue confess. There's only one answer to this world's problem, and it's Jesus. Plus, it's pretty important anytime I've got a check that I make sure the right name's on it. I want to make sure that if you're going to pay for my sin, I'm going to make sure it's got the name on it. That's the only name that can actually give me salvation. Hallelujah, Jesus. So they were baptized in the name of Jesus. They went further than just believing. They got there, they saw the gate, and then they decided to take a walk into the kingdom with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So he baptizes them, and then in verse 6 it says, when Paul laid his hands on them. Mm, you just preached that this Wednesday, didn't you, Brother Carl? You just talked all about that. When Paul laid his hands on him. There's something about that. This Bible teaches that we're supposed to be laying hands on people. That, that miracles happen when we lay our hands on them. And it's important because right here, when Paul lays his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came to them. And they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. And there were about 12 men in all. 12 men that went right past the gate and went wandering into this beautiful kingdom. 12 men who got to feel the rewards of a God who's honoring them for diligently seeking him. God's got some rewards in store for some people today that have been seeking him with their whole heart. And it's time for us to believe that God wants to reward you for what you're doing for him. He wants to take you to another level. He wants you to do things for him that you never thought you were going to be able to do. Because we're willing to go beyond just believing. Mark chapter 16 talks about going beyond just believing. Starting in verse 14, still later, so this is after Christ's death and resurrection. This is after he's been buried, he's come back. But later, he appears to the 11 disciples as they're eating together. And he rebuked them for their stubborn unbelief because they refused to believe those who had seen him after he had been raised from the dead. So yes, Jesus cares about believing. He rebukes them for them not believing. God wants us to believe. Number one, he wants us to believe. I know I'm talking about going beyond believing, but I don't want you to think believing's a bad thing. Believing's where it's at. But there's some rewards that God's going to give you once you cross that line. He wants to take you further in his kingdom. It doesn't just stop with believing. There's rewards. There's things that he's willing to give you that prove his existence. Who here's ever spoken tongues? We got some tongue talkers in this house, right? It's kind of hard to argue about the belief in God after that, right? It's a little bit hard. We, we got a house full of people that it's hard for us not to believe. I was born into this. Like my dad sitting right there. They told him he was going to be a vegetable and he never walk again. How do I not believe? I've watched that my whole life. I've been raised in this. God's given me things. He's prophesied to me. He's told me the future. He showed me these things. It's hard for me not to believe. But I want to go forward in that. Believing is not the end. Believing is not just the end. 
there's, there's blessings in his kingdom. There's greatness in his kingdom. There's things that he wants to do in your life. He's not going to leave you just believing. He wants to take you into this relationship where you hear his voice and you know him. So in verse 15, he says, he tells them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. So they started with believing. He was like, okay, you believe. That's great. I love that you believe. I want everybody to believe. But come here. Let me show you some more of the kingdom. Let me show you some more of the kingdom. We're not going to stay right here at the gate of believing. Let's go inside because right here, hey, right here, we're preaching to the world. This is part of the kingdom. Part of the kingdom is go. Tell the world the good news. Don't go tell them the bad news. Don't go tell them all. Go tell them the good news. Go tell them there's a savior. Go tell them there is an answer. That they may think that there's nothing this world can offer them. But there is a man named Jesus who died for your sins. Who raised from the dead. Who wants to bless your life. Who performs miracles. Who isn't bound by the laws of physics. He can break the laws of physics and change everything in your life. It's all in the kingdom. We've got to get past the gate. But then we get to go meet the king. We don't just stay at the outside. There's beautiful things here that we get to go do, like go preach the good news. Like go tell somebody about Jesus. In verse 16, he says, anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. There's salvation in the kingdom. Once we get beyond believing, there's salvation in this kingdom. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. The people who refuse to believe won't make it past the gate. They're not going to make it into this kingdom. But again, these miraculous signs will accompany those who go past that gate. These miraculous signs will accompany those who are willing to go beyond believing. And these are the signs, it says, that will follow them. They will cast out demons in my name. Oh, it may not be that important when you're sitting here all pretty and nice in church. But just let someone in your family get a demon in them, and you're going to wish you went a little bit beyond believing, right? Because that power lies in the kingdom. We have the power that when the devil attacks my life, I don't just have to put up with it. I can rebuke him in the name of Jesus Christ. I can kick him out of my life because I'm not standing at the gate. I'm in the kingdom. I've gone beyond believing. I know what my word says. I know what the Bible says. I know the benefits from going beyond believing. So the enemy has to obey. The enemy has to listen. It also says that they will speak with new tongues. Another benefit, beyond believing. They will be able to handle deadly snakes with safety. Well, this one, don't really want to do that much. <laughs> I don't really need to handle some snakes. I'm not really looking forward to that. Some of the ones, like, you know, the non-poisonous ones, but they're talking about deadly snakes. I don't really want to do that. But it's good to know that if I did, there's a God who can keep me safe. It's good to know that if I accidentally pick up some firewood like they did in the book of Acts and a snake jumps out and bites me, there's a king of kings who says, nah, uh, uh 
I run this world. I'm in control of this world. And that's my son. And he's a believer. He's part of my kingdom. Nothing's going to hurt him. Nothing's going to stop him because he's on my side. That's one more of the benefits from living inside this kingdom. If they drink anything poison, it won't hurt them. Again, I'm not trying to drink anything poisonous. Those days are behind me. Covered by the blood, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but if I accidentally do something that can hurt me, he's able to protect me. He's able to keep me safe. Our babies are safe. I wouldn't put it past my son for a second. Sorry, son, you plug your ears. Wouldn't put past him for a second to pick up a deadly snake. I wouldn't put it past him to drink poison if I left it on the counter. But I also know that there's a God who's put angels around him, who's put a hedge of protection around him, that nothing's going to hurt him. Nothing's going to stop him from going forward in the kingdom. The only reason I know that he's like that is because he's like me. My mom will tell you I almost did the same stuff when I was young. But she was praying for angels around me. She was praying that I'd be protected. She knew this scripture, just like we know this scripture. It's all part of the benefit from going beyond believing and being in the kingdom. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. Thank you, Jesus. Sickness doesn't have to have a place in our life when we go beyond believing. Sickness doesn't have a place in this kingdom. This is a kingdom of righteousness. When the Lord had finished talking to them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. And the disciples went everywhere and preached and the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said with many miraculous signs and wonders. Who wants to be a church like that? Who wants to be a church like that? I don't want to be just a church that just believes. I want to be a part of a church that goes a little bit beyond believing. I want to be a part of a church that lays hands on six and they recover. I want to be a part of a church that when I have a problem, I can grab some brothers and we can enter into the throne room of God and I can watch problems be solved. I can watch doors be opened. I can watch the miraculous happen because I'm not just outside the kingdom, but I'm a part of this kingdom. If you guys will come, I'm going to close here quickly. I'm ready to experience God's power in this house. I believe there's some people in this house today that want to go beyond believing. And I know there's a God here that's going to touch their life and show them that he's real. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11 is the faith chapter. It's what tells us what faith is. It's what shows us what faith looks like. It's what shows us what people did was amazing things for God because they were willing to go past just believing. In verse 33, it says, by faith, these people overthrew kingdoms. Overthrew kingdoms. Are we worried about this world that we're living in? I think it's time for us to go beyond faith. Let's start overthrowing kingdoms. Let's start doing miraculous things for God because we're in the kingdom. They over, 
through kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned into strength. Hallelujah, Jesus. I need the Lord to turn my weakness into strength. I need the Lord on our side. I need to go beyond just believing. I need some of these powerful things like this to happen in my life. I need to overthrow kingdoms. I need to receive the promises that God's given me. I want to shut the mouths of some of the lions that have been roaring in my life. It's time for the, the enemy is a roaring lion. Seeking whom he may destroy. But through faith, we can shut his mouth. Through faith, when we're willing to go beyond believing, we shut the mouths of lions. We stop the fiery darts that he's throwing at our life when we're willing to go beyond just believing. They escaped death at the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned into strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back from the dead. But others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. There is a better life after the resurrection. Do I have any believers here tonight that believe that? How many of us are waiting for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to split the sky and come home and take us with him? He promised that. He promised that he was going to make a place for us. He promised that. And I know it's true. I got my faith in the, in the, in the life after the resurrection. But I'm not waiting until after I'm dead to walk into the kingdom. I'm not waiting until Christ's return for me to have a relationship and walk with him. He doesn't want any of us to wait for that. He wouldn't have left us here and gone away and not been able to have a relationship with us. The whole reason he came was so he could have a relationship with us. And now he's gone. He's gone making us a home. But he gave us a Holy Spirit. He gave us a Holy Spirit that can live inside you this morning, that can speak to you the way he speaks to you, that can show you the love that only he can show you. Because he doesn't want us to just stop at believing. But he wants us to come a little bit closer to him. So all over this house today, will you stand with me? I'm going to close this service. I'm going to open up these altars. And I'm going to give you a chance to take a walk in the kingdom with me. We're not going to just sit at the gate. We're not just going to walk out of here today saying, okay, I believe in God. That's good enough. Believing in God is good enough. Don't get me wrong. It's good enough to get you to heaven. But it's not everything he's got for you. He's got some rewards in store for your life today. For all those who diligently seek after him. All the ones who are not comfortable just being a believer. God, I'm not just going to sit at the gate when I see this mansion in front of me. 
But God, I want you to take me by the hand today, God. I want you to stroll me through your kingdom. I want you to show me your glory, God. I want to be like you, Lord. And the only way we're going to get there is by spending time with the King. Hallelujah, Jesus. His presence in this house tonight. You can feel him. You can feel his goodness. What have you been needing? What have you been asking God for this morning? What's in your heart? What is he calling you to do in his kingdom? Because he wants to equip you. He wants to bless you. He wants to give you what you need right now. He wants to let you explore his kingdom with him. So I'm opening these altars up today. Please, come forward. Come past just the gate of believing. Let's experience some of the supernatural that God wants to bless us with today. Lord Jesus, God, allow us, Lord, to have a relationship with you, Lord, like never before, God. That we can walk into your presence, God. That we can feel your power today. I'm taking these youth kids up north this week. I'm taking them past believing. I'm not leaving them at the gate. I'm bringing them right into the kingdom with us. There's going to be some believers this week baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. There's going to be some youth who speak in tongues this week. There's going to be some people who get to walk into the kingdom that never been in the kingdom before. And today's your opportunity. Today's your chance to not just sit at the gate. But come experience God. Come experience what he wants to bless your life with today. There's miracles in this house. There's a refreshing spirit flowing over this ground. Come receive the blessings in the kingdom today. I'll see you do 